2: you'll be
1: amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Shot on Score North and scorenorth.com.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> Glenn, I think Glenn is a control owner, we'll have the final decision, absolutely. But, but as, as Glenn said before, I think he's already been asking Alex and I for, for our input, and we've been involved in, in all the, the, the key decisions to date. So I feel uh, really fortunate that, that Glenn and, and Becky have been so open about it and, and wanting our, our help in this interim period.
1: I think we need a We need a separate press conference just to discuss the shower heads that Alex Rodriguez brought up. I want like a 30 minute yeah. full full Q&A. I need a Johnny Krasinski
2: athletic profile on the best shower heads. I want more. I, I want more uncomfortable laugh track laughter, <laughs> which is what that was. The old
3: <laughs> Or why A couldn't get a prom date, you know, after about to make his M L B debut, he mentioned that too, two months prior to making his debut, he couldn't what, get a prom date.
1: You know what steroids does, Dex.
3: That's true. Wow, dude. Yeah.
1: Wow. He would have just been starting on the steroids though. Would it make that big of an impact? Would you, really? Did you take steroids? Yeah. I didn't, I don't know. <laughs> no, I missed out on the steroid era. Backless! Uh, this is Mackie and Judd, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. We, uh, we raise the bar in terms of expectations for our sports teams. We just want them to win championships. So, you know, the Wolves are pretty far away from that. We can talk more about them here with our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department and the Scoop Podcast, which you can find every week on scorenorth.com and the ScoreNorth app. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday, Darren. How are you?
4: Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Judd. Good morning, Declan. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. I'll tell you what impressed me. I was there earlier this week. I was there on Monday. What impressed me the most about Alex Rodriguez, he has a really, really good makeup artist. He had really good makeup. <laughs> and, like, I get it. Like, you're in front of the camera, you're taking all these photos. Like, I'd probably put makeup on too. I'm anchoring this weekend. Chris Long is on vacation, so I'll be on TV. But you do
1: your own makeup when you anchor. I right? do. I don't have a makeup
4: artist. Yeah. Trust me. I don't have a makeup artist at all. <laughs> little blush, a little five, blush there, dude. Many, many years ago.
2: Foundation. In fact,
4: like fifteen to twenty years ago when I first started at Channel Five, there actually was a full time makeup artist. But somewhere along the way, that was a very logical <laughs> budget cut. That was a way to save some money. So yeah. I don't have a makeup artist. A-Rod had an entourage. I'm not making this up. He had like four or five handlers like at his side. Jeez. Every time he turned a corner, I mean, he is as buttoned up as it gets. I'll see, I've that. always
1: sure. wondered, because I follow him on social media. He's very, very active on, like, Instagram and different well, social media team. platforms. No,
4: there I, are others I, who have influenced him in that regard. And I'm always he's wondering. has the right people around him.
1: Right. Like, when he has these, like, pontificating poses, gazing off in the distance on a yacht, I'm like, well, I thought it was J-Lo that used to take those pictures, but not anymore. Like, who's taking yeah. those pictures and those videos? And so he's got a team. That's
4: good. He has a legit team. Yeah. Now, we still need to see if him and Mark can fully get their finances in order. There are still some question marks about that as we approach December of 2023. That's the plan for them to to transition into majority ownership, you know, almost about two years from now. I think there's still some work to be done in that regard, but yeah. then again, you don't do that news conference on Monday. If there were like these large questions about them getting the finances and, you know, figuring this thing out. So everybody internally is assuming yeah they're going to get this thing done heck maybe it even speeds up maybe it's not december of 2023 but i'm just telling you there are some people that still wonder about that
1: so all right you've done an amazing job and we've and there's multiple episodes going back the last couple of weeks on on gerson rosas and his downfall and so if anyone wants any of that and you missed it definitely check out tuesday's bonus scoop last week's episode I'd love to shift the Wolves' conversation to sort of a forward-looking discussion here. I mean, Carl Carl anthony Towns seems to be in really good spirits. Uh, He said he's playing about 25 pounds lighter than he was in previous years. He looks like he's in a a physically good situation. Ant seems ready to rock and roll, sort of uh, above the fray. Uh, what are you hearing sensing as you as you sort of soak in now media day and the and the the practices that they've had this week and people you've talked to, the wolves going forward from all of this, doogie?
4: yeah, I mean, I don't think there are tears being shed Phil, over gerson Rosas's dismissal, like anybody who suggested the day it happened that cat was upset, you know might even like ask out. As laughable as it gets. Kat and Gerson did not have any sort of solid relationship. So don't worry about that. I'm with you. I mean, 240 pounds, he looks fantastic. I actually wonder if he's too fit, if he's too skinny. You know, when you're playing the five position, would it help to be closer to 260, 265? But, yeah, he's adopted some of those Ben Wallace you know, regimens going back many, many years. Arnie Kander, who used to work for the Wolves, one of Flip Saunders' guys. Arnie is still really close with Cat. Arnie has a good relationship with Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace came to Wolves training camp way back when Cat was a rookie. And over the years, I think there's at least been some back and forth, but certainly way back when, Cat was was a sponge. I mean, you know, for a few days when Ben Wallace was in town, Cat attached himself to Ben. Just learning all about how he eats, you know how he works out, and so Cat over the years has adopted a lot of those Ben Wallace techniques. So Cat is in a really good spot. Like I have a fantasy basketball draft coming up on October tenth.
2: Tell us about it. Jeb yeah, would I love to I'm hear. Jeb would love to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what,
4: I what are you considering doing? <laughs> yeah, well, I hope I'm in a position if i pick. Yeah, he's got I time. Want, I want Cat. Like I think he's, I think he's primed to have a really good year. I rode the elevator the other day with Jim Peterson. We were going back and forth on what we think of the Wolves this year. I would bet the over, not comfortably, but I would bet the Vegas over under 34.5 points, Phil. I really would. I think they go over. I I do. And I'm not even suggesting, like, that's a for sure fire, you know, top 10 team in the Western Conference. They at least will be in the play-in tournament. I'm not even ready to go quite there. But I do think they go over 34 and a half wins. I think Chris Finch is a really, really good coach. I think bringing in Elston Turner was a shrewd move. So I think Chris Finch with a full training camp, with a full season here, durability will matter most. I mean, that is something that they have studied a ton. Phil, they point to a lot of Phoenix's success last year. Now, don't get me wrong. Phoenix has a ton of really good talent. Bringing in Chris Paul put them over the edge. But if you look at games missed, Phoenix just didn't have guys miss yeah. a lot of games last year. Yeah. So the Wolves feel really confident if CAC can play 75 or more games, D'Angelo Russell can play 75 or more games, but D'Angelo has an injury history. That's the problem. Anthony Edwards, if he can play 75 or more games, you know, Jada McDaniels, to some extent, Malik Beasley, to some extent, if they can keep those guys on the court, they do feel like they will be in the playoffs. Duke's-
2: where does this team stand right now as far as potential moves go? Because I think the, the intriguing thing to me is the future of uh, Sachan Gupta, what he's going to be allowed to do. It seems right now like he just picked up the ball, basically, no pun intended, from Gerson. What do you expect that he is trying to do? Do, do you think he is as active as Gerson was? Because it did seem like, despite the lack of moves at the deadline and this summer, that Gerson certainly was active uh, in at least making calls on a consistent basis.
4: I would say at least for the first few days, not a ton of activity. Do I think that will ramp up? Yes. Does he have leeway, Judd, to do as he sees fit? He does. Does he have a really good relationship with Mark Laurie? Yes. Does he have a really good relationship with Glenn Taylor? Not quite yet. I think that will evolve. But, like, I was led to believe that that when everything transpired, like, I'm not even quite sure that Glenn knew who gupta was Glenn now knows who gupta <laughs> and now he's was, running now he's
1: running the most important department. there wasn't much of a relationship there but <laughs> mark Laurie, i'm telling That's you mark mori
4: in particular uh him and and Suchin have have developed a, a nice bond and i'm just telling you such has has the green light to to make a ben simmons trade right like he is going to to engage with his guy daryl mori in fact i'm positive when i say this such gupta and daryl mori have a better relationship than Gerson Rosas and Daryl Morey have. That doesn't mean that a trade is going to happen. The hurdles still remain. You still need to find a third team, but we know how creative Gupta can be, the creator of, of the ESPN trade machine. He is going to work like heck. He thinks Ben Simmons is an excellent fit. Nothing has changed on that front. Sachin Gupta would love to acquire Ben Simmons, so he will work diligently. He'll also work smartly. I don't think he's giving up Anthony Edwards. You know how Gerson told Daryl Hay, Anthony yeah, Edwards, off limits, Carl Anthony Towns, off limits. I don't think anything has changed, right? And I still think Sachin would like to, to form a bond between Ben Simmons, D'Angelo, and Russell. So, you know, maybe in the end if he had to, he'd move D'Angelo Russell. But I think there's, there's some temptation to see if, if you could combine Ben with D'Angelo. But I do think, uh, on D'Angelo specifically, I do think Gerson – was the biggest fan in that front office. Mm-hmm. Not to say that Sachin is like shopping D'Angelo Russell, wants to move off D'Angelo Russell, but I think Gerson was, was the driving force behind acquiring D'Angelo Russell.
1: Dudes, let's say they don't get Ben Simmons, and let's say this is the team going into the season, you got Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley, like, and, and you're hoping that all these guys stay healthy and on the court what is the feeling about how good this team can be? Because I feel like if Ant plays the way he did down the stretch and maybe even gets better, and they're making some defensive scheme tweaks, I see in the first couple days of practice already, and this will be Chris Finch full off season; He can install different things. I feel like they're ready to take a jump even without a big trade for Ben Simmons. What are you sort of sensing?
4: And, I mean, the early schedule. You know, I think there's an opportunity a lot of home to games. get off to a really good start. What is it, eight of the first nine? Our yeah, I don't know center.
1: I don't know if I love that, because then you get, like, all these road games in January when, you know, but, you do, it but, is, but in it's terms weird. There's just
4: some confidence building. If you're a believer at all in momentum, the way they finished last season with a winning record over their final, what was it, 16 games, a 9-7 and seven record, but nonetheless, it was over mm-hmm. 500. So if you're a believer in momentum, I think there's an opportunity to carry you know, if you believe in that, into the start of this season. Yeah, I mean, when they were in Miami a couple weeks ago, Phil, I mean, they were openly talking about, we're ready. Like, it's time. It's, it's time to, to make the playoffs again. In Cat's case, you know, only being in the playoffs one time in six years, he's heard all the chatter, including from some people pretty close to him, about, hey, one time in six years, Cat, like, what's going on? And, oh, by the way, that one time, Jimmy Butler had a lot to do with that. It's time for you to lead. A team to the postseason, so they aren't, you know, dodging, you know, questions, inquiries about it. They will openly talk about it. Now, heck, a lot of teams talk about making the playoffs this time of the year. Does that dialogue remain, you know, come January, February, the dog days of the season? But I'm just telling you, coming off that Miami trip earlier this month, they're pretty optimistic that they have a chance to to make some noise this year.
2: Hey, Duke, to go, go back to the new uh, group that's going to eventually, to your point, uh, take o- over the ownership of this team. What are the rumblings of concern still that, that exist? I'm just curious if there's anything in particular when it comes to A-Rod and Lori that actually exists as far as concern about them. Because they've got two payments of $20 million left, correct? Well no. more
4: than that. 250 million. Two,
2: 250, yeah. <laughs> 250 million. Yeah. That'd be a good cool. deal. 20 million. But <laughs> but what are the what are the concerns that are still being voiced out there that you've heard?
4: I don't even know if they're concerns, Judd. More just, you know, some questions. I'm telling you, I, I don't think you'd do the dog and pony show on Monday if there were like legit serious questions. It's the wolves though, so it always concerns me. Yeah, I get it. I understand the skepticism. I, I really do, but I think a lot of people in the organization are are pretty excited. like I think they're excited that that you know Mark and Alex have talked to so many people, you know, in many ways, drove the bus on Gerson's firing. Like do I think Glenn drove the bus on that? No. Now, did Glenn approve the firing? Yes, but it's not like glenn was 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 you know in charge of that. It, it was, it was a week
1: It was a weekend at Bernie's situation. They picked him up, <laughs> drove him up from Mankato. lifted his arm signed off on it that's what happened
4: oh i love weekend at bernie's and weekend at bernie's too but anyway (laughs) young kids uh, who watch the
1: youtube channel just Google it
4: (laughs) it was you know mark maybe more so than alex but you know just talking to a lot of people in vegas at vegas summer league gathering a ton of information we know this much i mean glenn's not big on on paying somebody not to work and i mean you know looking at you know gerson's contract I, i wish i had it but you know there may be some some language in said contract where, where, you know, Glenn may not have to pay Gerson, but uh, nonetheless, like, you know, I don't think Glenn was necessarily like, yeah, let's like do this. But, you know, I think Mark in particular really convinced Glenn, Hey, we got to do this. And we all know Glenn can be convinced on stuff like, you know, Glenn loves Ricky Ruby. I remember the Ricky Rubio trade when Tibbs traded Rubio way back when, mm-hmm. and it's not like, it's not like Glenn wanted to trade Ricky. But Tiz was able to convince him, and there's any number of examples where Glenn, you know, he can be influenced. You know, he really can, and I think Mark is going to have Glenn's ear in so many different ways where I think that really excites a lot of people in the Wolves organization. Yeah. Uh,
1: Let's move on to Vikings here, Duke. So Dalvin Cook back at practice. Um, Christian Derrissaw getting closer. I think initially yesterday, you know, there were reports, hey, uh, Rashad Hill's not at practice. Yeah, you know, what does that mean? It looked like, at least on the uh, injury report, the Vikings gave a small handful of just veteran off days to players, and Rashad Hill was on that list. I highly doubt Christian Dariusaw is making his NFL debut against Miles Garrett this weekend. So, what what are you hearing about the the status of of some of these players?
4: Yeah, I mean, heck, Phil, the offensive line has been pretty darn good. It's
1: been average, baby. That's all yeah. we've asked for. It's been yeah, maybe average. even
4: above average. You know, depending on, on how you want to quantify it. But mm-hmm. yeah, like you're not you're not putting Christian Darisol in there this Sunday. Now maybe heading into the Detroit game. You know, I still feel pretty good about what I said many weeks ago that it's when not if Christian Darisaw gets in there. But yeah, you're not making that change heading into into the Cleveland game. Yeah, I mean it was who? Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith, yeah. Might have been Adam Thielen, Rashad Hill, I don't have my phone in front of me with the official list. But yeah, you know, Zim. Zim giving a bunch of guys a, a veteran day. Uh, I'm excited for Sunday. Like, I'm catching up. I was telling you guys before we started, I'm catching up with Brad Childress at 1145 to talk a uh, little uh, Kevin Stefanski. Uh, uh, I uh, Stefanski.
1: Uh, I had Scott Studwell in
4: studio you, yesterday. You know, he's got a new book out, and so I was catching up with Scott. Actually, the stories off-camera were so much better than off-camera. <laughs> but the stories off-camera, unfortunately, just you film fun anyway? be told. What's that, Jeff? I said did- – did did you roll film regardless? No, no, no. It was it was in the sports. Got to all off the record. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, he had some coming good... up next. On <laughs> yeah, Channel, he uh, nightcap. <laughs> yeah, he had some really good Mankato stories, some good Jerry Burns stories. Oh, I bet he did. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he was good on camera. But like we were talking about, you know, I mean, he had his fingerprints all over a lot of the guys that are that are currently on the roster. You know, whether it's Harrison Smith, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks. He actually had a good story about Kendricks that. You know, he liked him coming out of UCLA. Didn't have him as a second round grade. It was others in the Vikings office that convinced Scott, "Hey, we gotta we gotta pull the trigger on Kendricks in the second round." He had him more as a third round guy, and so he admitted, "He goes, I I was wrong on Kendricks. Just uh, just a phenomenal player." But Kevin Williams going into the Ring of Honor on on Sunday, you know the Stefanski, you know return and all that. You know, I, I don't know if you want to call this game close to a. To a must win do you want to try to dig out of a one and three hole you know or do you look at two and two and say okay Detroit's coming to town we get to two and two then we're gonna get over 500 find a way to beat Detroit get to three and two but yeah I'm just I'm excited for Sunday I saw the video you know we had uh, our photojournalist Jeff Briashi at practice on Wednesday He's got that long lens you know so anybody trying to take photos at practice yesterday on their iPhone you know you would have failed miserably but We got that nice long TV lens. He's got, so got Harrison
1: Smith's nose hair coming up next on yeah. <laughs> 5 Eyewitness News.
4: So we've got we've got some pretty good Devin Cook video. I can just tell you who, he was moving considerably better than he was last week. I mean, technically last week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, he was listed as a non-participant all three days in practice. But he was out there all three days doing a little bit of stuff. But you could tell how gingerly he was moving on. On that injured ankle, I can tell you he was moving considerably better yesterday. I'm not making any sort of, you know, guarantees on anything in terms of playing time Sunday. In fact, if he doesn't play, I guess I wouldn't be overly surprised. But I can just tell you, you know, he looked a lot better yesterday compared to five, six days prior.
2: So the the intriguing thing about what we're seeing now, and and it's just sort of I I feel like uh, starting, but it's becoming very clear, is the element of Zimmer realizing what he needs from this team to flat-out save his job. Veterans days off, which is not Zim. Like, Zim likes to practice. Uh, There's, you know, a story in the Star Tribune today, and this was talked about extensively during the press, press conferences on Wednesday, about the relationship between the coach and Cousins and how they're now once a week getting together to watch film, which we've talked extensively about. But I just think it's a really interesting path that this is go, is going down, and I don't know if somebody got to Mike or Mike just said, I'm going to get fired if we're not, you know, a much improved team, but there really is a difference that I see in at least from training camp to now in how he sort of adjusted and what he seems to be trying to do to get the players to play for him instead of playing in spite of him.
4: Yeah, 100%. I don't know. I wish I had the answer if it was a Bill Parcells conversation, a Gary Kubiak conversation someone else or he just came to the realization himself maybe it was a combination you know Hugh Jackson is another you know confidant of of Mike's you you know so yeah in fact I should actually catch up with Hugh thanks for the reminder I'll catch up with (laughs) Hugh soon uh but I mean that's another Mike Mike confidant but I wouldn't be shocked if Mike just came to the realization himself I mean truth be told it's not like they're in pads I mean you know the practice rules have been laxed So much. I mean, these guys are doing all the film work. They're in all the meetings, you know, whether they're getting those physical reps on a Wednesday, you know, five days ahead of the game. Is it that big of a deal? They'll get their reps today. You know, they'll get a few reps on Friday. But like these guys are in in shorts for the most part. Like it's not like, you know, they're doing heavy hitting, you know, during the week. So, yes, it is an adjustment, though, right? Like we're not used to this. But it's also something that many other teams do, and it's a copycat league. So I wouldn't be shocked if Mike just saw some other teams, you know, who do this, who have been having success. Why shouldn't I do it,
1: uh, Doogie? You know, I just what a what a valiant effort by the Twins <laughs> here, just racking up these wins, really carrying that momentum into 2022. Um, you know what uh, what sort of are, do you think they're going to win the World Series in five games or seven next year? I guess is my you no know, what. <laughs> Clean Is there up-
4: going to be a World Series? Film? Well, that's a,
1: that's a question. Um, all right, what are, we? We don't. We haven't talked a ton of Twins the last several weeks here on this show, but now that the season's winding down, you know anything that sort of pops to you with potential changes, or are they going into sort of a rebuild? So some of it might depend on what happens with Buxton this offseason. What? Give us the temperature of of the Twins right now.
4: I can't see them extending Byron Buxton. I've talked about that before, but I'll reiterate yeah. it now. That, that I think the two sides came close enough over the summer. I can see them coming to to a happy medium. I can see them extending Byron Buxton before he hits the unrestricted free agent market. I also see them re-signing Michael Pena. Now, I checked as recently as last night just to see if there's been any actual chatter. It's not unheard of. Like I saw the Royals extended Michael Taylor, an outfielder, this week. So it's not unheard of for a team to to engage with, with some agents here at the very end of the season, you know, maybe lock a guy up before the guy has a chance this winter to become an unrestricted free agent. So I checked on Pineda. No, there have not been any talks on extending Pineda, but I know there's mutual interest. So I can see the twins this winter re-signing Michael Pineda. You know, we wonder about, you know, coaching staff changes. There is a, a coach is the pronunciation on Bill's last name. Is it Evers or Evers, but, but he's, He's retiring. I still think they they miss, going back a couple of years, they miss Shelton. They miss Rousen. Those are two coaches that had a heavy influence, and I really think Rocco misses those two guys. So they got to figure out some things with, with the coaching staff. I also wonder a little bit, you know, do the Mets reach out to the Twins seeking permission to interview Derek Falvey? Do the Rockies have interest in Thad Levine? And in the same breath, Like, if you're those two organizations, would you have any interest in either of those guys? After the disaster of this year, the many moves they made that failed miserably, if you're the Rockies or you're the Mets, would you really have legit interest in either of those guys?
2: No, absolutely not. If I'm the Mets, I'm going after one human being, Theo Epstein.
4: He's not taking it. He either wants to be the commissioner or get into ownership.
2: He needs to be the commissioner. I'm with you,
4: Judd. Now... If you're Steve Cohen, just
2: because Steve Cohen's got a lot of money, he could. You could uh, get, offer uh, him a sliver Let,
4: of ownership, right? Maybe offer him an opportunity yeah. to become part of your ownership group. It's it's something I actually heard. Mark Lori, I don't even know if it got to Masai Jerry, who runs the Toronto Raptors, before he signed his new contract, but I heard it was something that came up with Lori and some people about offering Masai <laughs> a sliver of Timberwolves ownership mm-hmm. that that would be the pathway to bringing him in Ooh. to running the front office. So if you're Steve yeah. Cohen, the, the majority owner of the Mets, would you consider giving Theo some sort of sliver of ownership with an yes. opportunity to grow, you know, whatever that that stake is? Because I think that's the only prayer you would have to attract Theo Epstein. But I'm with you. If there's one guy you can hire, it should be Theo Epstein.
1: Mm. Yeah, these guys, man. It's amazing, like the moves that they made universally, like across the board, came up over. I think I'm trying to think of a move they made in the off season that wound up as a as a positive for them, and now they're staring down the barrel of just a wide open. I mean, I think I think Joey Ryan's gonna he's gonna be the number one starter next year on paper, and Bailey Ober's gonna be in there somewhere, but they have to figure out. Uh, at least three other rotation spots, a bullpen, they've got some holes in their lineup, and some young guys that are gonna emerge, so I don't know, man, this whole thing I don't think I'll say this, doogie, I don't think this is being painted not to start like a media war here, but this is the most disastrous season in twins history, and I don't feel like it's being painted that way, and I don't know if it's because people are just apathetic or it was it was just over in April and May, and so people have kind of forgotten.
4: That's it, Phil. I'm telling you, I I think it is an apathetic uh, fan base and even in many ways media base that that they were out of it so early in the season. Now, maybe they wouldn't admit so, but a lot of us counted them out by about April 25th and it was so early that the season is so darn long that they've brought up so many different players. You just kind of get lost in the shuffle. They've had how many different players on their 26-man roster this year? Fifty something. I mean, I think it's,
1: it's like fifty-three or something. It's an absurd yeah. number. You just <laughs>
4: you get lost in so many different roster moves taking place, and you know just so much other stuff going on. Just even on just on the on the sports landscape. That admittedly, like I've I've tuned out a little bit. I had a guy on Twitter last night asking me for a Royce Lewis update. I said, "Crap! Last time his name came up on my radar was, was a month ago? ago." No, it was a month ago when I caught up with Alex Hassan. Yeah. you know, who's in the Twins front office. That was August 25th. I haven't even really thought much about the Twins since about late August. I, I really haven't. You know, I knew I was I was talking to you guys this morning, and, you know, with Pineda pitching last night, it, it got my, my you know, brain moving a little bit. So I reached out to somebody, you know, that would know, and they told me, no, there's, there's no actual dialogue on extending Pineda. Otherwise, I just, I haven't. I haven't done much. I did want to hear about Joe Ryan because he did go on the bereavement list, and I'm with you, Phil. I think he's got you know great upside. I mean, that is one really good move they made. Although, you know, Tampa would make that move again. I'm positive the Rays would make that trade again because the Rays are a pitching yeah. factory. But think about this: like, like that, that was
1: that was. I mean, Joe Ryan's going to be a really good pitcher for this team, but they literally they they traded. The the one of the best hitters in franchise history because they were so bad they had to and they had to set Nelson Cruz. All right, I guess I guess we can't fulfill your you know your need to play in the playoffs, so you're going to go elsewhere. Uh, Jose Barrios, who's in his prime, by the way, you could make the case. Let's go back ten, eleven years ago when that stadium was built. The main promise, or you know whatever you want to call it, was hey, this will help us keep. Players in house will be able to re-sign the Mornos and the Mauer had already signed his contract and then future free agents and like you know I would have I would have traded Barrios too because he wasn't really giving any indication that he wanted to to play here long term but still it's like you traded away your best pitcher and your best hitter and so any positives that come from that are because you had to hit the reset button earlier than you expected to so
4: I don't think though I do think next year's a rebuild whether they want to admit that on the record or not. But I actually think 2023. Like I don't think this is going to be a lengthy rebuild. But, but we've been doing. But this is what, do, this is what we do for I 20 know, years. I know, I know. I mean, coming off just wait, just we wait. We didn't see this coming. Hey. I get it. I mean, it's it's rock bottom, baby. It it really is, and that's why, Judd. To, to your point, I'm with you. If I'm the Mets, I don't have any interest in Derek Falvey. I'm no. not calling Jim Polad to <laughs> no. seek permission because it would be a lateral move to interview Derek Falvey no leap in way am I going after Derek Falvey if I'm Steve Cohen and if I'm the Rockies I'm not going after Thad Levine I'm sorry
2: the worst part about this year that we have not talked about much at all is look at their top prospect pitchers innings pitched these guys have been sidelined by injuries they have not got there there is a they the Minor League Pitcher of the Year, I think, is a kid from here who I've never really heard of until now. Yeah, Louis now. Barland, he's got, yeah, he's got he's good cl- upside. But yeah. he's in Class A. But yeah. look at but look at the guys who were in the minors. There are about four guys who, who should have been vying for that award, if we had talked about it, in the spring. And every one of them had an issue where, for the most part, they got hurt, they didn't pitch enough. So, like, that's the whole thing is you can't be like, well, okay – 2022. When we do start, we're going to plug them in, and it's going to be great. Yeah. You don't know that, so no, that, that's, that's what I'm problem. saying. That's
4: why I mean I don't think any of those guys, Winder, Duran, Belazovic, yeah. those guys still need some minor league seasoning. So that's where, to me, you know, one or, or multiple of those guys, yeah, maybe they're up by June 15th of next year or June 30th. This again is presuming that that we have a normal 162 game schedule, which is the elephant in the room with the collective bargaining agreement expiring December 1st. But that's why, yeah, I mean, Philly, you're gonna have to find another J Hap, another Matt Shoemaker, just to fill out well, thanks, the dude. opening day rotation. That's like great. I don't thanks. I don't foresee them <laughs> spending big money dude. on one of the, the big name free agents. I don't have the, the starting pitcher free agent list in front of me. I think that's more likely to take place the following year. When you look at that class with Barrios, Aaron Nola, some others, but that's when they they extend another Zach Wheeler or you Darvish oh, type offer.
2: Are we really gonna get an, another bleep and Homer Bailey? Like, is that really what we're going... Hey, fan base. I don't even care. Get excited. <laughs> I don't even Here's care. another Homer bear. Screw the twins. Here's Although, look at J-Hab.
4: He hadn't been a train wreck after he went to St. Louis, right? You know so what? So that's another question. Why do guys leave here? Yes. Lance Lynn. Look, look at Lance Lynn. Yeah, Yeah, why do they leave here then have the success they do? Kyle
2: Kyle Gibson? Lamont Wade Jr., Nick Anderson,
4: go up and down the
2: list. Went to to AAA, was great, and then ripped the Twins. What's amazing is
1: this was a major narrative during the Terry Ryan and Bill Smith regimes, too. It's been worse with this new regime. The guys who are leaving are becoming, like, Lamont Wade is one of the breakout stars on the best team in baseball this year. He's got n he's got a nickname, late night Lamond or or, yep. or, or late whatever. Night whatever. Late yeah, yeah. Anyways, we're we gotta let Doogie go here because we've monopolized too much of his time. But, but you're right,
4: and, Phil. Like, I don't think <laughs> it's been talked about <laughs> enough. It really it really hasn't. Like those guys have skirted by Derek and Thad big time.
1: Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Doogie, thank you. Great stuff there. What a reckless speculation. All right, there Phil. Is Prince Alegbe, by, by the way, one other note. Prince Alegbe Mini
4: Haha Academy. He's a great basketball player. In this, in this great 2022 class here in Minnesota. He'll announce his college choice tomorrow morning. The, the Gopher stopped recruiting him a while ago, so he's not going to be a Gopher. It's <laughs> Boston College, Cal Berkeley, Ohio State, probably one of the first two that I named. But anyway, congratulations. Really good kid. He's like a 3.8 or 4.0 student, so just really smart kid, really great kid. So I'm happy for Prince with him announcing his college choice tomorrow. Nice.
1: All right. Darren doogie, doogie Wilson, inside information about All right. Minnesota sports. And John, DC. if you're at the
4: game on Sunday, tell Jimmy Haslam hi. If you can catch up with him, ask him how much he pursued <laughs> the Wolves. Oh,
2: we're we're good buddies. We're All very right. close. All All right. Right. See ya. Yeah, yeah. You
1: guys, you guys roll in the same, the same
2: underground cigar club. Trucker companies, man. God. Trucker companies. I'm big in that.
1: this holiday whether you're making a baker's simple truth turkey for 40 or a murray's baked brie for two bakers has fast fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last bakers fresh for everyone free pickup on orders of 35 dollars or more restrictions may apply get more ways to save at the buy five or more save one dollar each sale just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Gin. Uh, all right, well, we, we touched on this a little bit, but I think before we get to old tweets exposed here on Mackie and Judd, I think we should talk about the new Mike Zimmer yep. a little bit more. So you've got, as of yesterday, you've got veteran off days on, on a Wednesday, by the way, like the, like the most important practice
2: day. Do you remember that last year? I, I do don't not. remember seeing a Maybe list. Maybe a couple here. And I there. might be wrong, but I mean that—that's a lot of players. It not week you know. four,
1: certainly not week four. Yeah, right, okay. Where you've got a handful of players. I want to make getting... sure we're not
2: wrong there, but I don't remember last year. So you, yeah, and
1: and it's you know the schedule expanded. This is smart, and we we could yes. talk about this. Let me just go through a little list here. So, yes. uh, he's giving veteran off days in week four on a Wednesday. So Rashad Hill was Adam Thielen was on that mm-hmm. list yesterday. Mm-hmm. Just hey, don't don't bother I, practicing. Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson, I believe. Yep. He is now spending a lot more time than he has in the previous three years with his starting quarterback, which really, like, I don't even know how much credit you get for that. Like, you should you should be spending time with your starting quarterback. He's the most important player on the roster, but they're watching film together. Mm-hmm. You know, they had, they had a big sort of come-to-Jesus discussion that centered around vaccines, but, you know, looks like it may have evolved their relationship. And he's defending kickers. You know, Greg Joseph is melting down missing an extra point and, and missing a 37 yard game winner and in previous years Mike Zimmer would have just gotten up there and shoved the kicker right into the front of the bus going 70 miles an hour right and this time around he's like hey everyone yep. needs to just calm down here okay kickers are people too and they, they miss, miss kicks, kicks. yeah you know, cut cut the guy some I'm slack calm. So where what, what do you make of this new Mike Zimmer that we're seeing here in the first couple months?
2: Well, first of all, we didn't see this Mike in training camp. And so I wonder if the whole thing in training camp where, God bless him, he was frontal. Um, I wonder if that has played a role in somebody getting to him or, or him rethinking things. And I say the latter because, not surprisingly, and this is not just true of Mike, so... But you know, guys like Parcells and Zimmer and a lot of coaches, especially crusty ones, don't really listen much. So it's not like it's not like Spielman can just you know close the door of the coach's office and be like, "Hey, Mike, you got to change your ways." Okay, Rick, thanks a lot. I will. Mm-hmm. Um, now, could players have gotten to him? Certainly. But the Mike Zimmer that we saw in training camp, who was frustrated and getting uptight in training camp, I. Not just the exhibition games. We talked about this. It didn't look right. It didn't look good. Like, it, it had a weird feeling to it. Uh, w- once the quarterback room was essentially quarantined, it got sort of contentious. Uh, so something has changed since then. And he- so here's the interesting dynamic, I think, to, to uh, uh, delve deep into this that might have played a role. Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins are polar opposite humans. Um, as far as their beliefs go, I think as far as how they approach life, as far as, as which one's probably in church early on Sunday and which one's not, they're very different people, but as far as how they're wired, they're the same guy. They're both incredibly headstrong. They both believe that they're right. And they both are very reluctant to, uh, listen to people who tell them you're wrong. You need to change. And I wonder if the whole vaccine thing, in some ways, has played so far. And I I say this so far because this could change. But I wonder if it's played a very important role in getting those two closer because they literally had to fight instead of ignoring each other. Uh, Previously, it felt like there was just a disconnect, and they didn't really like like the other guy. But I don't know that there was something to get them together to actually address that. This did. And it seems to me like both guys, because this is not just a Mike thing. kirk It's Kirk too. Both guys have taken large steps towards sort of coming to the other side just a little bit, which is what you need. Um, and so I really do think that that's a big thing. And then the last thing, Phil, is this. I'm convinced, and, and Realistic Randy brought this up on our Purple After Dark on Tuesday, and I think he's right. Kirk Cousins has had great Octobers, Kirk Kirktober. Because he's had adversity in September. And I think Kirk is, I don't think Kirk shrinks in the moment all the time. I think he's also just sort of, uh, how can I put this? I think he gets comfortable. I think he gets comfortable and then things go, go wrong and he's like, what happened? But I think when he's challenged, so when everyone says, You're, you don't like your team, you don't care about your team, Kirk loves the I'll show you. And I feel like what Kirk has done in September, is showing people flat out, hey,
1: you're selfish, you don't care about
2: the team. Yeah, right, but I mean, that's the, yeah. like, like, he's not lazy, but I think he gets incredibly comfortable, and he needs to be jarred from that comfort. And his last two Septembers have jarred him in October. Mm-hmm. This time he got the jarring from what you just said, you don't care. So I think that there's a lot of different things behind the scenes that are working here to have changed the dynamic for both the coach and the quarterback at least for now. I'm
1: going to I'm going to stop short of saying that this all of this like is permanent change and right. They've won one game, all right? They've they've they lost three preseason games and then they lost the first two and like yeah, they were super close. They probably should have won one of if not both of those first two games, but you know, I this Browns game is going to be so telling for so many reasons, right? If they can take all of the positive feelings and vibes and momentum from that Seahawks game and beat the Browns. And I think right now, it, I think it's a pick em. I'd have to go look. I guess I haven't, I haven't seen it in 24 hours, but uh, the line opened Vikings minus one. So this is, this there. is good. This is supposed to be a close game. Do you have the latest line? I,
2: I got my sports page right here. I uh, went to the store today, picked it up. Uh, according to the line in the today star tribune, it is Cleveland by two. Oh, Ooh. so it's
1: shifted that much. So okay.
2: The money has shifted.
1: Okay. Um, which really means Cleveland by almost a touchdown on a neutral field, right? Correct. Because it a be sort of three points for uh, correct for Vikings at home. Yes, sir. And yeah, and I think I think Cleveland is the better team on paper until the Vikings prove otherwise. But I'm I'm getting some. We 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 brought this up on a Purple Daily episode like a month month and a half ago that Mike Zimmer probably has to look at Tom Coughlin from 2007 and and you know it's not totally apples to apples, but you might have to make some changes if you want your career to continue. I'm getting some early 2007 Tom Coughlin vibes here from Mike Zimmer. He's a little bit, he's a little bit uh, more of a lightened version of himself. He's going out of his way to build relationships with key people that maybe he otherwise would have told to go bleep themselves in the past. Kirk cousins, the kicker, right? It just, it feels like diet Mike Zimmer in terms of his abrasive, Personality, yes, not diet Mike Zimmer in terms of his scheming and everything, but he he is making a concerted effort to make some strategic changes to the way that he goes about coaching in year eight or whatever it is here, and that's that's a good thing now, maybe they lose to the Browns and all of this kind of and then they're one and three, and all of this <laughs> kind of gets flushed but it, I'm getting some early tom coughlin two thousand and seven vibes here I just want just want to throw that out there on the record.
2: I'm with you completely on saying let's not get excited like. They lost two games, so so, but but I think what we're doing here, and it's fair, is we're taking what we're seeing and what they're doing, and those what they're what they're doing and what Mike in particular is doing goes against a lot of the stuff that he's done in, in the past. So I I think what we're what we're glumming onto and talking about here are changes that are taking place. Now it might work, it might not, but. When Mike is giving Veterans Days off, when when he is now making a conscious effort to go out of his way, not only to watch film with Kirk Cousins, but to repeatedly compliment him and talk about the leadership and talk about what he's doing and how it's great, that's not Mike. This is new. Um, In Kirk's case, the team is one and two, and that's disappointing. That being said, Kirk Cousins, beyond... A shadow of a doubt is playing really well. So so it's to me it to me, it's not like is this a Super Bowl springboard? To me, it's obvious changes that are being made because because let's be frank here, Zimmer's job's in jeopardy if they're not good. Um Spielman's job also could be. We don't we don't know. And Kirk Cousins, as much as he's due, and it's a lot in 2022, wants another big contract. So I think people are making alterations not just based on, hey, you know what? It would be fun to win. I think they're making alterations based on their futures. And if you're a Vikings fan, it's at least worth a shot. Yeah, you're right. it is kind of a – it's not a
1: contract year officially for these guys, but it is kind of a contract year And that Mike Zimmer won't be under contract and he'll get paid next year either way.
2: Right. They want – if Kirk
1: Cousins – and Kirk Cousins might as well be in a contract year because – that $45 million cap hit is a fork in the road for either an extension or a trade or something. Um, and yeah. And whether, whether the, whether the change in, in climate for Mike Zimmer leads to more wins or leads to a win over the Browns, all of that remains to be seen, but there is a difference when he's mm-hmm. when he's coming out and, and telling the masses, Hey, you guys are being way too hard on Greg Joseph. Like, we really believe in this kid. You know, you have kickers miss kicks. What are you guys overreacting for? You're like, what?
2: Who are you? Who? Who are you? <laughs> he has he has praised Kirk Cousins more in the first three weeks of 2021 that than he did from 2018 to <laughs> 2020. I'm so another thing too. So Dalvin Cook came out yesterday and
1: and lavishly praised Kirk's leadership, and we've heard, we've heard. Yeah, he said that's my, qu- that's, that's, my, my quarterback. Quarterback. that's my quarterback. That's my that's quarterback. My so and, and and you've had multiple players <laughs> and Mike Zimmer say that hey his leadership is different this year it's better this year it's more mm-hmm. present this year mm-hmm. which i take in two ways number 1 i'm like dude you you got paid 100 million dollars over 3 years to not lead like where were <laughs> you where were you in 2018 2019 as that guy uh i guess better late than never but clearly players and and Mike Zimmer are noticing okay Kirk has been more assertive and vocal and just more of that leadership presence that other franchise quarterbacks are all the time. What do you make of
2: that? Um, I think it goes back to largely training camp. And I'm going to say, I think it goes back to the whole vaccination thing with, with Kirk because he wants to show, I mean, Kirk's not a dumb dude. He's, he's oblivious at times, but he's not a dumb guy. And he heard the criticism he heard flat out. I mean, how many of us said it's really clear he doesn't care that much about this team because if if he did, he'd be all in no matter what he had to do. I was you know. less
1: about the vaccine for that and more about the contract, lack of contract restructuring this, well, this right, season. But like I, if but you want I'm a left guard, then you need to restructure your contract. Locker, he doesn't care.
2: But the locker room thing and that dynamic caused a lot of talk about how committed he was to this team and for how, how much he's paid. So, I, again, I go back to, I think it's Kirk likes to be challenged. And when Kirk is challenged, it brings out the best in in Kirk. And he's the guy who probably has to get pissed off to take control. And, you know, when you roll in for the start of training camp and you're paid like Kirk and you're good, but you're not great. And you're just like, oh, all right, we got Delvin, we got this and that. And I'm a, I'm a piece to, to the puzzle. Well, then people are basically saying, you're not a good piece to the puzzle. And he's like, bleep that. I am too. So, what I make of this is in Kirk's mind, Kirk was challenged. And that's when Kirk takes control because he's ticked off. But a ticked off Kirk is way better than a comfortable Kirk. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're kind of getting you like that, Kirk, right? You now. like that? You no, like that? not kind of. No, not kind of.
1: We are full getting that Kirk. We're getting full on you like that, hey, Kirk. You held them- this. You gave us a chance at the end, but I got three words for you. You like that?
2: And, and to delve down more, go back to what Kirk said Kyle Shanahan told him in Washington. Your swag is you've got no swag, but if you're comfortable with who you are, People yeah. will like that.
1: Andrew Luck had no swag, but he but he owned his nerdiness, right? But and they, Peyton Manning didn't have any
2: it. swag either. No. Peyton Manning's kind of a just a dorky, you know, funny guy. But Peyton but Peyton had that that athletic chip of I'm going to beat you no matter what. Yeah. Um Kirk lacks that chip, but it can be set off and I think it's been in some way set off. Yeah,
1: it's been it's been really interesting through the, the first few weeks here. A shout out to our friends and partners at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, which is going to present old tweets exposed here on Mackie and Judd. Federated's been helping business owners for over 100 years, and they can help you as a business owner with risk management, bottom line protection, and uh, also protecting your employees. Find out more about the resources and tools and people that can help you at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated. It's our business to protect yours. All right, Declan goes into the archives, and he finds incriminating old tweets from our 12 years tweeting nonsense. Declan, what do you got?
3: Before we get to old tweets exposed, and, and this actually segues really, really well, can I make a bonus, write that down if the committee allows it?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think you can. Yeah, I think so. I will say I Christian Barissa
3: will be active, and he will play, play against the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. I'm not going to say he starts, but he's going to play on Sunday. I think he's going to play.
1: Okay, he why do a full, you feel that? He way?
3: was a full participant in practice. Rashad Hill's the second worst graded tackle by Pro Football Focus. Yeah, Miles Garrett's a is a beast, but I I think it's trending that Christian Darius is going to play on Sunday. I really I want to think so. And I want this on the record.
2: So to write that down is he will play, but he won't start.
3: He will be active and he will play on the offensive line. So I'm not going to say he starts, but he's going to be active, which he's been an, so inactive. He'll get, a, for he'll three get weeks. at least a
1: snap on Sunday, is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Everyone okay with that? I would be. I would be. I think this is. I almost feel like this is a home run if this happens. Judd, do you think this is a home run? He hasn't. He didn't practice he all off season,
3: he's, and he's been inactive for three weeks. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, it'll yeah, count yeah. for this and I, show.
1: And I know that Rashad Hill has been bad, but this is also the same franchise that ran Dakota Dozier out there for like this fourteen games last year. This is true. With, with anybody else available <laughs> to come in and start all right I'm I'm all for Detroit being the first yeah. real dose of NFL play for for uh Christian Derrissoff um but you're right I mean Rashad Hill's been bad Rashad Hill wasn't injured though right we, is, is this official like he this was this was not an injury it was yesterday this, not, he was, it was a veteran's vet, day, veterans off, day right?
3: maintenance day and uh,
1: that yeah. makes it even more of a home run then because it's not like oh he might not play because he's got a knee he's healthy mm-hmm. he's just not good yeah yeah I came around. Home run.
3: Okay. Okay. Cool. All
2: right. Or so if it happens, it's a home wait, run for. Wait, is this an old, is this an old school one or a purple daily? This is, right is
3: for Mackie and Jug. That's on the Mackie okay. and Judd show. All right,
2: because I was going to say.
3: Yep. It, okay. I'm also it, coming it for touchdown. the home run lead, so that's also. <laughs> the purple daily. Know. It's a touchdown. All right. Put it on the board. Put it on the board. All right. Beautiful. Old tweets exposed. Let's do it. A uh, couple wolves related tweets from both of you. Start with Phil. November eighth, two thousand nineteen. Uh, someone tweeted at you. You've always been a Wiggins backer. I crushed him for four years and deservedly so. But I bought stock when Ryan and Gerson took over. Hashtag the Wolves Whisperer. Both Ryan and Gerson have now been out. You are. Yeah. Were you still buying stock on Andrew Wiggins and crushed him four years ago? But now I am. You're buying the stock on Gerson on Gerson uh, and Ryan with them now being out in the Super I, Wolves organization. Listen, I I momentarily uh, 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 hedged. Uh, uh,
1: uh, uh, Because Ryan and Gerson were going to get him to shoot fewer long twos, Mm. and they did. And he was better than he was before, but he was still Andrew Wiggins. So I probably lost on that investment. If I bought bought stock on Wiggins in 2019, I probably lost on that investment. 22 months. Overall, I have shorted that stock for (laughs) six years. And so I'm I'm ahead long term, and now I love all these idiot Warriors fans oh, from like a year ago. That was awesome. Whoa, what a fleecing! Oh, we'll see. Now we'll see. You know their draft pick. If if he winds up being a superstar, then maybe. But like, oh man, Andrew Wiggins is a. Okay, you guys missed the playoffs with Andrew Wiggins last year because he's Andrew Wiggins, mm-hmm. and now Andrew Wiggins is like not going to play in twenty games because <laughs> he refuses to comply <laughs> with you know state and city regulations. Um, An NBA policy, so um, have fun, I guess, Warriors fans. It's still worth it. Attaching that first-round pick was worth it to get rid of Andrew Wiggins. And the Wolves got d
3: 22 months later, though, all three of those parties, no longer with the Wolves. Ryan Gerson and Andrew Wiggins. Kind of amazing. Yeah, it is yeah, kind of amazing.
1: amazing. Alright, that's
3: so I'm leader in the clubhouse, but Let's see what we got. Judley, uh, earlier this year, actually January 1st of 2020 I see a lot of people calling for Ryan Saunders' job, and yes, these past three games have been brutal, but no one is getting fired unless Carl Anthony Towns approves, and I see no way he calls for a coach he likes to be fired, especially (laughs) when Cat is out. Ryan was fired, like, maybe a week later. <laughs> this
2: is bad. This is bad. I think I took the lead. Oh,
1: man. You're giving. I love how this tweet, you're basically giving Carl Anthony Towns, like LeBron James level organizational power here. Where well, I, don't I really know, did. I gotta, really did. I LeBron. Really
4: didn't
2: think they'd do it. I, I didn't think they'd do it, but Gerson did.
3: New Year's, same Judd. January 1st, Amazing. 2021, man. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah this is right. Yeah, he got fired, wow. in. Did he get fired in January, or February. Ryan. It might have been February. When was that Knicks game?
1: Yeah, I'm, 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 it, somewhere within like yeah. a month of that tweet. It, it doesn't matter. Others, you also like said, that tweet plays into this idea that everything you do, even though you're a garbage franchise for 15 years, you better run it through cat. Like, no, just build a good team. You don't need cat's input. Just yeah, build well, a good we're, team. We're still working on it. Cat's probably like, I don't know. I don't care. Just just bring the best coach in. I yeah, like I, right. I think
2: I took the lead, by the way.
1: Yeah, definitely.
3: Well. Now let's see what that comes It's 0-2 in the count, and here comes a backdoor breaking ball from yours truly, pun intended. September 27, 2010, Kevin Slowly just showed why he should be on the playoff <laughs> roster. Saw right, this yesterday in my Facebook up. memories. So he did something, Phil, on either the 26th or 27th. I'm guessing it was probably the night of, so it probably was the 27th. It had to be one of the last games of the season. They would have had it clinched by now, uh, but he must have done something in a meaningless game that young senior in high school, Declan, bought stock on with Kevin Slowy.
1: All right, so 2010. This is this is one of the most fun years. First year at Target Field. So wow, Kevin Slowey made a bunch of starts that year.
3: He almost pitched a. Didn't he have like a perfect game or a no no through seven on like a hundred plus pitches? And I remember Guardy pulled him, and it was a huge deal. Slowey. Yeah, he almost pitched a no no. Oh,
1: I don't remember that. Oh now. my. Okay. Wow. Wait, wait a second. Uh-oh. So on September 27th of 2010. Mm-hmm. Slowey went an inning in two thirds and gave up six earned runs. Also, oh, it was
3: tongue and cheeky. So unless I was Are being, you, tong- you, I you, guess I you was you being tongue and Yeah, Slowier? I guess so. I was mocking Kevin Slowey. I just read this and I didn't do the fact check, which you know probably should have done now, looking back on it. But I just figured he did something amazing and saw this Facebook memory two days ago, and I thought, oh, so be grateful. Tweets exposed. I'm praising Kevin Slowey. Uh, he got oh. rocked. Okay. Okay. Good to yeah, know. Yeah, he was. He was very bad. Gave up six earned runs. Uh,
1: inning and two-thirds, only one strikeout, and, and then he got removed from the starting rotation. He made, he made a relief appearance later in the week then, and that was kind of the, the end for Sloy. So Judd Zolgad. I win. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Your adamant stance that the Wolves would never
2: fire Ryan Saunders. You want to upset Carl Anthony Towns. I couldn't have done it without those New New Year's Day surlies. So, yeah. uh, I'd like to thank everybody <laughs> who helped me out. Do that tweet. Very long tweet as well. Full Amazing. character count.
1: Uh, so all right, so Declan's got his bonus prediction. We'll see if Christian Darrisah uh, now, like if 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 he's active and Rashad Hill gets hurt, then boom, next man up. Um, let's say Rashad Hill just gets bullied in the first half, and Miles Garrett has three sacks in the first half. and right. the Vikings are down by ten. Also plausible. Would would they come out in the second half with a new left tackle?
2: I don't think so. I don't think they'd make the kid play against Garrett. Do you? It seems like a it, it
1: terrible, like a, a terrible yeah. place to debut him against. Well, look at the the Bears debuted. Justin Fields as a starter for the first time against Miles Garrett. That, that worked out. Well. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, you know what? This, hey, hey, this club held Chandler Jones in check. We do. Yeah, they did. True.
3: That's a good point. That's a good point. I'm just they going did. for home runs here. Don't let me get hot. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Don't let me get hot. You so keep so That's what so my saying buddy that, said. Like my buddy Sammy pieces like like on the golf course. Don't let Declan get hot. Don't let me get hot. I
1: don't, I don't think that's been a concern on the golf course. It hasn't been. It hasn't.
3: But a good saying nonetheless.
1: All right, that's a wrap. Mackie and Judd, Purple Daily. You can find our daily Vikings conversations and uh, Vikings Vent Line right after the Browns-Vikings game is over on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Don't miss it. It's the most interactive show, most fun show in Minnesota sports. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm Mackie and Judd.
0: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Online as well. And don't forget, Online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Online, where the game starts.